Welcome to the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, the untold stories of the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community. I'm your host, Guru Nishan. And as always, I like to start our podcast with the intentions for why we started this podcast. Number one, to break the veil of silence that has long permeated and continues to strangle the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community in the name of neutrality. Number two, to validate and help clarify the complex feelings of those who have joined this lifestyle, were born and raised into it, and or who have practiced or taught kundalini yoga. Number three, to encourage active listening to uncomfortable conversations from this community as a revolutionary act of self and collective healing. Number four, to let survivors know that we see them, we believe them, we love them, and we will fight for their truth to be addressed. Number five, to let teachers who are denying, gaslighting, or spiritually bypassing know that what they are doing is willfully ignorant and re-traumatizing victims. Number six, to illuminate the inherent racism, homophobia, cultural appropriation, and exploitation that perpetuates the teachings, 3HO lifestyle, and overall community ethos. Number seven, to stop the perpetuation of gaslighting and victim shaming by naming it for what it is. Number eight, to dismantle internalized shame, guilt, toxic positivity, and lightwashing mentality. Number nine, to honor all of the parts of ourselves that have been forgotten or silenced. Number 10, to honor each and every body that has come through this community, both named and unnamed. And number 11, to encourage people to do their own research, to process their own emotions, to get somatic therapy, cult-specific therapy, and other support as needed, to draw your own conclusions, and to be critical thinkers rather than to just blindly follow anyone. Please remember that your story matters. Please share it when you're ready. We're here to listen and to support you. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at gn at gurunishan.com or check the show notes uh, for details. I'm pretty excited about our guest today, folks. Today, we are speaking with Else Kunin, formerly Ravinderkar. She lives in Belgium. She was 49 years old when she took her first Kundalini yoga class and immediately fell in love with it and became a teacher in 2008. She taught Kundalini yoga for 10 years gave multiple classes a week, organized workshops and teacher training programs in Belgium and East Africa, and assisted in them. Every year, she went to the European Yoga Festival, had a, boot, has a, had a booth at the bazaar to collect funds for the SEVA-based teacher training programs in East Africa, combining this work with a job in the telecom sector. She organized a Satnam Rasayan training in Belgium, 
In 2013, two women were sexually abused by a Satnam Rasayan instructor. Because else insisted that the harm would be recognized and action would be taken to prevent future abuse, she was excommunicated by Guru Dev Singh, master of this healing technique and student of Yogi Bhajan in Belgium. Student of Yogi Bhajan and Belgium was declared a no-go zone for Satnam Rasayan for two years thereafter. From 2010 till 2018, Els presided over the Belgian Federation of Kundalini Yoga and represented her country at the international level. Disillusioned by many things, she stopped all Kundalini Yoga-related activities in 2018. When in 2020, the book Premka, White Bird in a Golden Cage, triggered many survivors to tell their stories, Elle stepped in again, hoping that the time for transparency and clarity had finally come. She was part of an advisory team of the Compassionate Reconciliation Program, but stepped out at the end of 2022 as she experienced it as a window dressing. In April 2021, after she read and or listened to survivor stories on many different platforms and had watched hours and hours of the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, she contacted me, Guru Nishan, and with the approval of the survivors involved, she made extracts of the interviews and put them together on a website, abuseinkundaliniyoga.com. Again, that's abuse-in-kundalini-yoga.com. Check the show notes. To allow people with less free time than listening to hours and hours and hours of my podcast to be informed on what's actually happening. Now, Else has written a book in partnership with me, extracting the voices of survivor stories and has written a book called Under the Yoga Mat, The Dark History of Yogi Bhajan's Kundalini Yoga. I'm oozing with excitement, Els. Thank you for being here. And Thank you. I'm overwhelmed by your uh, Kundalini Yoga story and reminded why I'm so excited to have partnered with you in this project and to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. Yeah. And thank you for having me and thank you, thank you for wanting to partner with me. And um, well, I always find it a bit strange to be excited. I'm also excited about the book coming out, but we should not have had to write it, right? It, it should not have been our job to, to write it. We only do it and you continue to do what you do and I continue to do what I do because it's not done elsewhere. Well, it is. Many people are doing many things, but I mean, it would have been better if this would have been done from inside, but it is not. Yeah, so here we are. I understand the conundrum of saying I'm excited about a book on mm -hmm. survivor stories because it's not really excitement as much as it is yeah. um, the joy of illuminating of the disinfectant of sunshine mm -hmm. yeah. and to shine the light on the darkest places and listening to your bio and how early um, sexual abuse had happened within the Satnam Rasayan community and how you had spoken up and how there had, had been nothing done and how you just kind of um, got ignored 
and what that really illuminates. And that's why I'm excited for, for listeners to hear your backstory, because hearing that and hearing a part of your individual process, it's so important because it's happened to far more people in this community over many, many decades. And that's what this work really does. Is it, it collates all of this content where people don't even know where to begin to research and look at it. And you put it all under one roof because your story started earlier. You, you witnessed this firsthand and got shunned. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Indeed. And, and the fact that I, I think I could do what I'm doing that now because I stopped in 2018. So I also stopped before everything came out. So I, I already had two years of uh, realizing uh, how it was to be out of the community for two years and seeing it from the outside, which is which is completely different than when you are in it. And it takes it takes a lot of time because even in 2020, I think I would not be, I would still have felt very difficult to, to call it a cult. While now, when I have studied other cults and read a lot about it, and, and talked with cult experts, uh, I realized, yeah, it was a cult. And also here in Europe, also for people like me who started years after Yogi Bhajan died. It's, it's different, but, but still there are cult aspects in there. And I felt, and that is something you can, I feel like you can only realize when you're outside, how it was to be inside. And what I missed. So I was in there for 10 years. And of course, there were beautiful things. And I loved the yoga. And I loved, uh, this is why I went to do Satnamra science. So the healing technique of uh, that is linked to Kundalini yoga. And that is based on a lot of meditation. Uh, and and, and uh, meditating together in groups for hours and hours and hours. So you get high. And, and I loved that. You had some space out mm -hmm. you know uh, because you had these early incidences and you got to you got to quote be in leadership and experience what um what abusive leadership is like and then mm -hmm. still remain in the community then remove yourself and then when all the stuff broke open in 2020 you had a little bit more language to kind of like jump in and be like oh, finally there's place for transparency. And so I really like this part of your story, especially because as you said, you came in well after Yogi Bhajan had passed. And this is a lot of the kind of the platitude language that I'm hearing among people within 3HO and, and Sikh Dharma still around, oh, you know, I came in long after YB is done. I, I don't know anything about those things. It's like an easy way to kind of brush off the issue. And there are lots of people like you. If you bring up Satnan Rasayan, because that's the community you gravitated to, that's like the Reiki of Kundalini Yoga. So it's mm -hmm. like the energy system of Kundalini. And here it was like a, a predatory baton got passed. And everybody that was a part of 3HO around that time witnessed this of when Yogi Bhajan was amping up Guru Dev Singh and how over the years he got groomed to kind of be this next takeover. And, and your story kind of will illuminate some of this stuff right, right mm -hmm. from the inside of it in Europe. Yeah. So where do you want me to start? That's a good question. 
<laughs> where do you want to start? What, um, I guess what I want to say is this, um, listeners, I want you to hear that we're very excited to share the under the yoga mat, the, the, the material that the else has spent the last number of years really collating and putting together um, using this podcast platform, Survivor Stories, but also many, many other sources, academic, written, other audio and podcasts, as well as um, print, as well as academic, as well, all these different sources that we've may or may not seen because you may or may not be on Facebook. You know, you may or may not have been in that particular Zoom call when these particular stories got shared. And so a part of what we're really excited to highlight today is the launching of this material. And so that's where we want to get to. Mm -hmm. But we also want to give a little bit of background so so you get to really feel else in her own 3HO story because she's not coming in as an outsider telling a story as an academic who read stuff. She's had her own experience and had her own experience of exiting the community prior to all this coming out. And then as all this came out, she reinserted herself back into the conversation. The reason you and I have connected is because in the midst of me telling, have creating a platform of truth telling, um, you wanted snippets to put up there. And I'm all for taking a three hour podcast and, and taking a, a four minute or a 15 minute version of that and slapping it up on a website as else did, um, you know, in the heart of 2020, or maybe it was 2021, um, because the podcast started at the end of 2020. Um, and what I felt like it was serving was the mission that I felt else has always been on, which is just exposing the truth. Whoever yeah. is sourcing the file, <laughs> we're sourcing it. Do so you want to speak to the that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe one thing I want to say is that all the the if we tell survivor stories in the book, it's the people who are whose stories are told gave us their approval. Eh? So there's nothing that we we brought that is not approved by the people who uh, who tell well, stories. And it's a part of why I decided to collaborate with you because when I, you know, having clips on your website was one thing, but to have your words put on paper is a different experience. And as a child of this community, we're very sensitive to other people coming in and telling stories, yeah. even if it's our quotes, yes. um, because we've had that happen. And so I really wanted to be a part of what I felt you to be on a bigger mission. Um, I felt like, um, you know, I was, I lived in East Africa and I was married to an East African man for many years and I was connected to South Africa and Pritam Hari. I was also connected to Krishnakar. So we had this kind of synergy, Elsa and I. So when she, she did move from having clips of my, my podcast on her site to wanting to move into the print version, I felt like in order for this to be done well and for your work to be received properly, um, as a child of the community, I wanted to add my voice and credibility yeah. and connection to make sure that it was a safe zone and that people really knew that you meant well. This isn't you trying to line your pockets and make money. This is a nonprofit no. endeavor. Another and all yeah. this is donating. You know, all the profits you know are going to be donated to the 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 work. You know, to cult survivors and and children that are abused. And and so you can speak to that as well. But. Again, it's why I, I wanted to collaborate with you is because our stories kind of overlapped in interesting ways. But mostly I want listeners to really hear that you have a personal story here. And while we're going to get to the book and the purpose for all of it, we want to rewind and let you hear Elsa's the Kundalini Yogi at 49 that 
you know, have yeah. her lights turned on from the inside out. Yeah, I first had the lights turned off because <laughs> in 2007, I had a stroke. Mm. I don't know if I ever told you, but yeah, I had a stroke in 2007, which meant that because I was kind of a workaholic, eh? I was working seven seven days a week and uh, many hours. And so I got a stroke and uh, it took me nine months to, to recover. Uh, and I went back to I went back to the fitness studio where I used to to work out, but I felt like my body needed a, a slow startup. And I said, what do you have other than working out? And they said, well, there is this yoga class. And I went into this Kundalini yoga class. I didn't know what Kundalini yoga was. I had heard about Kundalini because I had been studying during my recovery. I had taken up a very old passion of mine that was to, to look at the Vedas. I was always fascinated by the Vedas, these old scriptures. So I thought, oh yeah, Kundalini yoga, why not? And this first class, it was like, you, you see many and you hear many people say the same thing. It's like, puff, it was spot on. I, I knew this is what I need to do. I loved it. And I, I really felt like my body was this was really what was going to help me. And so I was immediately taken away by it. So that was in, uh, yeah, that was October, 2007, yeah. And then in 2008, immediately I started, I took a teacher training uh, and I did level one, level two, I did it all. Uh, and I took it in Holland, in, in the Netherlands. And uh, my teacher was uh, Huru Marka, uh, who lived in Germany, and he died last year. Mm. Uh, so I was my my uh, teacher training and and all the experiences I had was mostly in in the Netherlands and in Germany because Belgium, I think in those days in Belgium there were about eight teachers something like that. So we were really very few. Uh, and if you see them now, there are hundreds and there are a few hundred teachers uh, by now. But we also we did not have a a teacher training program in the Dutch part of the country, because Belgium is a very small between the Netherlands and France and Germany, uh, but we speak three languages. So we have Dutch speaking part, a French speaking part, and a German speaking part. And so in the Dutch speaking part, there was no training in those days. So the first one who came to give a training there was Gurmuk. Gurmuk from, Go uh, what is Golden it? Golden Bridge. Mm -hmm. And so in those, and uh, I, in fact, was for, uh, the idea was that I would assist her and I would be, she would, she was my mentor for a very short time <laughs> because only one week, uh, one session. And, and I felt like, no, this, this is so different from what I use, what I thought Kundalini Yoga was with Guru Marka. Mm. Uh, so already you see, I think, my teacher, Guru Marka, was seen a little bit in the organization, and I say this with a lot of respect, but he was seen like kind of a rebel, which I think maybe I'm also always seen as kind of a rebel. Mm. Um, so anyway, with, with Gurmukh, uh, she, in fact, she, she asked me because many of the students in the level one in Belgium, in her training, were students that came to my yoga classes because it was in Antwerp, and so I was giving classes there. So that was, uh, and she was also in involved with Satnam Rasayan, or she still is, I don't know. Uh, 
so and she appreciated that I was doing both Kundalini Yoga and Satnam Rasayan. Uh, so I had that first experience with Gurmukh where I already thought, whoa, this Kundalini Yoga is not just one thing. It depends very much on who is teaching and what energy is there in the space and the intention of the teacher. So, uh, and I also felt that my system was uh, resonating with certain teachers and not with other teachers. Uh, and um, so... Uh, even if officially you cannot change mentorship, you have to stay with the same mentor. They allowed me to go back to Guru Market. Can I ask you a question? Do you mean in the in the Aquarian Academy? You're saying you're yeah, in, I was in the Aquarian. Yeah. So in the Aquarian Academy, you have to have a mentor, and you're not allowed to change it if you don't like your relationship. Well, with that they teacher? that anyway that was a recommendation to stay with the same mentor because if you would always change mentorship, that would mean that you're not you're not your obedience is not uh, as it should be or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, and it's like setting up that whole idea of like choosing the teacher and you have a teacher yeah. in life and all the ways that they promote that stuff, right? Yeah, but then I had this experience that, uh, okay, Gurmukh, she said, I, yeah, you can come and, and assist in my training, but only if I can come become your mentor. And I had to say, yeah. So, because I, I did not want to change mentorship. I was very happy with Guru Marka because I was also assisting in his trainings in Holland and in Germany. Uh, but then Gurmukh, she, she said, and I thought, well, you know, and I looked at, okay, my, the students that I know who want to do this level one, they are in the training with Gurmukh. So maybe I should, I should say yes. And, and it's not such a big thing. And, and she comes from the US and I will learn things. So I said, yes, but then after the first week, I thought, no, no, for me, this is not, this is not a yoga. There is no relaxation. It's only, it's only adrenaline and, and, and getting high, getting high. Mm. So, wow. Wow. Uh, but just before, because it's, it's really interesting, this thing about the lead trainers and the mentors, mm. just before Gurmukh came to Antwerp, uh, Shiv Sharan Singh, who is now in still very active, I think he's the most popular teacher in Europe. Uh, he was also looking for to have the training started in Belgium, in Antwerp, in the same yoga studio. And so they contacted me. Uh, and uh, so it was a Dutch teacher who was working for Shiv Sharan. Uh, and we had a weekend or three days I know, a workshop with Shiv Sharan uh, to see if, because they also wanted me to be an assistant in their training. And so we had this meeting with Shiv Sharan and he said, in fact, he said exactly the same. You can only be an assistant in my teacher training if I am your mentor. Mm. So you have to change mentorship. And I said, well, I do not intend because I was with Guru Maka and and I said, I don't know why I should, because they were asking me to change mentorship. I said, I don't see why. And I think it's, it's a richness to have people from different teachers in the same training and to have these different energies and these different approaches and have assistance from, from different schools. It, it's, it's rich. It's diversity. But he said, no, uh, then if, if you do not want to change and become my student, then I asked you to leave the room. And I said, I'm very happy to leave the room. <laughs> wow. So, wow. because I, I with it's him, like proprietary I knowledge, unless you're my yeah. disciple. And look how it's, that's it's, built into the trading system that actually creates like a fandom or a stardom, um, which is interesting. 
yeah and so it was it was like buying loyalty almost yeah and it's like you know uh it's uh i don't know how you call it in english but it's like every teacher big teacher and this is what i appreciated in gurmarka he didn't play this game but in europe in those days there was still kartasin and there was Shifsharan, and there were others. And so everybody, and, uh, and in Germany, you had other teachers. Everybody was trying to get his territory. And, and so, uh, and I, I really didn't want, and I, I thought it's so, no. So, um, so I was in all these teacher trainings, and then uh, I started also in Satna Brasayim. So you see, I'm, I'm full-time working. I'm doing all this. I'm starting as a president of the Belgian Federation. So I'm fully into, without realizing, only seeing it right now, I take my cold showers in the morning, I do my sadhas, I recite chapchi every morning, and I do all the things, sleep deprivation, yeah? Sleep you're deprivation. Also, you're also uh, hosting and organizing trainings, right? Multiple different yeah. trainings, yeah. doing classes. And so the amount of commitment then there's the seva and then there's your own practice and just yeah. how quickly you've committed your yeah, whole committed. dedication to it yes yes and then starting because i loved also the, the so there was a friend of mine who was a kundalini yoga teacher who lived in burundi and they were going to leave the country and he had his uh, yoga students and he said it would be such a yeah it would be so uh bad to to just leave and have nothing so and he was still there for one or two years. So uh, we, at the yoga festival in Europe, uh, we talked to Krishnakar uh, about setting up uh, seva-based training in Burundi. And she agreed. She was the first lead trainer for the training in Burundi. Uh, so, and I participated as an assistant. And then we did another one. And the year what year was that? What year was that? I think it was 2010, 2011. I, I, Somewhere I have to. Yeah, okay. Um, so, and then, so this Seva-based trainings, in fact, it, it went wonderful because we did two in Burundi and, and, and two or three in Kenya because okay. I, we did it in, in, in Burundi, yeah, sorry. I was just going to ask who the, the, some of the lead people were there because I remember meeting two African fellows. I, I want to say they were from Burundi. Because I, I was in LA with Krishnakar at that time when she oh, yeah. was doing that particular training, because she wanted okay. me to come along. Because I had lived. Oh, in really? Place. We could have met at that moment. <laughs> and I was doing teacher training with her in 2009-10. That's my point. Oh, yeah, that was in the same period. And so these gentlemen came. If you said their names, I would remember. But anyway, this is the synchronicity. So yeah, but going. I think these are people from Togo or Ghana. Yeah, you're right. They were from yeah. Togo. That's exactly right. They yeah, were because they, they were, uh, there was a training before that in Togo and Ghana, but we were not involved. Got it, uh, but got Krishna it. was involved. Yeah, because yeah. in fact, the level ones, when they did their exams, Burundi is French speaking. So for Krishna, there was right. always translating and translation. Uh, so, and the people from, from uh, Ghana or Togo, I don't remember, they were correcting the, they had to correct the exams of the students right, right. okay one. well interesting so, so you're doing save a base you're raising money at the european foot yoga festival yeah and and see you know to basically get these kundalini yoga teacher trainings happening and available to east africans west africans these types yeah of and we always had a very nice mixture of uh, about two-thirds of the people who were 
locals and then one-third uh, who were expats who put, would pay the normal amount for the teacher training program, what they would pay in Europe. Uh, and then uh, everything from, from my yoga classes, from the workshops, uh, income from the Satnabra science trainings uh, for, the, for the organizer, that was me. So, and it covered, it covered the costs and the cost, what was that? That was the cost of the food during the training, the location, and then the, the, the air tickets for the teachers. And so we had uh, Krishna involved there in Burundi. It was beautiful to do that together with her. And uh, the next year, it and then we had um, other teachers coming over. So uh, yeah, there was another training uh, in Burundi done by uh, the teacher you know from South Africa, Pritam. Pritam Hari, yeah. Pritam Hari, she did one. And then Guru Marka, uh, he did one. And then people from Kenya contacted me to say, hey, you are in Burundi, why don't you come to Kenya? So yeah. I went to Kenya. And then from Kenya, there were people from Ethiopia who were in. Mm. So it was like, um, so we did that for a number of years. And, um, and it flowed. It was like, it was easy. Um, but then again, when I look at it now, uh, I say it flowed, but there were so many things happening that I say, what were we doing? Like we were tying turbans on the heads of these Africans. When I look at the pictures now, I say, what were we doing? Because this is one thing that I also realize is uh, the link between Sikhism and Kundalini Yoga. So when I listened, I was participating in the uh, in the town hall meetings for the election of the leadership, uh, the board of directors for the leadership group, the Siri Singh Side Corporation. And for all these people, it's like Kundalini Yoga and Sikh Dharma is one. It, it's connected. It, you cannot separate it. Certainly for the Prabhajanists, you can you cannot separate it. The CEO of KRI, Amrit Singh, he says. From the Kundalini Research Institute, he says, no, no, we are not religious. But the SSSC is religious. The over, overall organization is religious. Siddharma is a religious company. But you know, I remember in our level one, when we, we have big discussions with Guru Marka, uh, and we say, are we, are we part of a religion? He said, no, 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 no. This Kundalini is not a religion. Uh, and so also, when I was teaching, I was teaching, no, no, this is nothing to do with the religion. We didn't, I didn't know, I never heard the word Sikh Dharma. And I think that's such a big difference. <laughs> I think uh, people do not realize in the States, uh, or people from leadership do not realize how few people, only people who are related to ashrams in Europe, and people who are lead trainers or very closely related to the organizations know about this Sikh Dharma. My yoga students in, in those days, or the, I should not say my students. Uh, they the might people, not know about Sikh Dharma, but they're learning how to get a turban tied on their head pretty fast. In the level one, yes. That's my point. You know, so it, they might yeah. not know it's called Sikh Dharma, but they're learning that the highest yes. path they can take is to be a vegetarian, not cut their hair, become celibate, and cover their hair. So they say it's not religious, but you put on a, a turban and you recite Chapji every morning. And you there are all these, these things. That, but then again, so 
you you do it it's included and and we were even teaching it so and, and in so in burundi we were putting turbans and and so these and we were doing uh, uh, which kriya is it uh, satkriya with satnam satnam and they had it as a homework and there was a guy who had to go out and do it in the jungle because his his uh, friends and family his neighborhood they thought he was chanting satan 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 he was excommunicated from his church. He wanted to marry in his church and they didn't want to uh, marry him because he had a turban on his head. Mm. So we were creating all these needless uh, complexity and, 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 and confusion. And, uh, and now that this is one of the things I struggle with is how did I not see that? I was also wearing this turban. And I remember one day my brother came in. I was visiting my mother and my brother came in and he said, you have an injury on your hand? <laughs> so they were laughing with it, but I was like, no, 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 no. I have this turban and, so, and I felt good with it. I felt good with it. Yeah, it was yeah, an experience in those days. But the, and it's the, so common, like, I just want to really just pause on that to just say, like, in the short years I taught, I would watch that I would watch a student that like really had a profound love for the practice because it made them feel good inside. Stay going to classes and then decide to go to solstice. Or, and then from there, take a teacher training, change their name, wear a turban. It like, it was so fast. I was like, whoa, what just happened? Like, it was like a blink. And then before you knew it, they were on what I now call the marketing funnel train into a world. And you're so right. I want to rewind a little bit further. The language that says, depending on the teacher you get, you get a very different experience of, of Kundalini Yoga. Yeah. And then we, what we know now, uh, we also know that even the good teachers they use a technology that was used to um, to bring people into states that they would not see what was happening in front of their right. eyes and they were teaching a technology and a lifestyle that was um, that was creating a situation in which children who were hurt found nobody they could talk to because they could only be positive they should not have any negativity. So emotions, they had to, this is, this is the abuse, this is the emotional abuse that was happening. And, and that is, that comes from the lifestyle and from the yoga, just right. to, to, to bring everybody into this state of numbness. And this is what, then there we come to the cult identity. So if you read about girls, so these techniques to, to indoctrinate and to brainwash and to, to bring people into these states where they are isolated uh, from, from everybody. They are very, they are in a community and they say, oh, we love our community, we love our community, but they are lonely. There is isolation. So bringing it back to you, you're lonely in the sense that you're organizing all these things, you're busy doing all these things, the practice is helping you, you're committed to the practices, you're obviously doing seva-based work by, I by was not spreading lonely. the teachings into Burundi and East Africa. I, I was very busy. And I also want to say, um, 
so we will later on when we look at the, at the slides that that we prepared uh, from from a code structure is that from those who are far away from the kernel from from the us and the inner circles and and the top organizations um, in the community of the kundalini yoga teachers in belgium i think i was i was the fanatic yeah so very few other teachers. I only know, there might be others, but I only know one who really became a Sikh and she she's, lives in, in UK now and she's, but she's with the Punjabi Sikhs and she's very happy as a Sikh. She's a really devoted Sikh. Uh, but only I know only one. Uh, and then I was like fully involved <laughs> doing doing all the things but many many of my friend teachers they were much cooler about everything and they always said you are so because I, why me okay maybe because i had to be in because i had to be able to write this book i don't know um so but it, it it's very complex it depends on where you come from and maybe it has to do with the stroke that i was still in recovery whatever um, and I and love also what teachers you get, what, teacher what you teachers, get. the yeah. initial, your initial entry, right. And how you get nurtured into a system is kind of how you are taught to see in that system. And yeah. so the fact that you're talking about an early relationship with Guru Marka, who had his own rebel spirit of the way he was doing things. So, but uh, I, I loved everything I was doing like uh, in Africa. So I went four times a year. I went there uh, to to do the trainings, etc. So it lasted for a number of years, and in and in parallel, I was doing this Satnamra Science thing, and maybe so I can close the, the chapter of um, of Africa. Yeah, I want um, to pause on that and just say, from the Seva level, um, you know, here you are, a European woman, right? You have a practice that helps you at a particular stage in your life. You're a committed, uh, dedicated worker in your field, and you find a practice that changes your own life and is a part of being able to kind of give back to people that also need this technology in less fortunate places. And the irony, right? The irony of what you're saying around like, here we are putting turbans on African people, uh, like the colonial constructs that are on repeat. And I'm going to just, we're just pinning that. There's no solution here. We're just pausing to say, from this big, beautiful heart of yours, doing really good and meaningful service in a way that I know really did impact a lot of people in the structure of like, oh, you know, that colonial screech that lives in there. Yeah, um, you know, uh, because <laughs> with this book that is out now, uh, I asked two Kundalini yoga teachers uh, and to, uh, to read it before it came out. And one of them is a Kenyan lady uh, Lydia, and she put a review on the website, so we will put a link on the website in your notes. Um, and so they did, I asked them before they read the book, of course, do, do, what do you know about the abuse? And they all knew, they, they knew there is a book called Premka, and they knew it's about abuse, but they don't know much more than that. Uh, and so the uh, they were willing to read it, and so they, I did not force them to read it. I, I told them, well, this can be disturbing, and I know that once you know, you cannot unknow, so I ask a lot of you, eh? uh, but only do it when you, it feels right. And, and so both of those teachers, they said, no, no, it feels right. And so this woman from, from Kenya, she, she confirms in a review, she says, this yoga brought me so much, and still does. And Voila. So, 
it's it's very complex it's very complex but it okay let very, me continue it, it is very complex i just wanted to just put the pause in that in that it's yeah. this is what makes this stuff so complex people like it's yeah. not so easy to just be like this is horrible and how could i've done that you know it's it's pulling parts of ourselves apart to be like oh, a part of me loved this and this yeah. is also happening simultaneously and our willingness to sit in that and i was serving the purpose I was serving the purpose. I was spreading the teachings. I even at certain moment we I won a prize. Uh, I don't remember what the name was from 3HO. Uh, it was money prize, so we were happy with it. Um, but um, so you are you are. I was really into into the whole. But I also want to say that I'm in at least in Belgium, and I think in most countries, the people who are engaging themselves this way, I did there are not so many so there are many people uh, teachers who are just teaching their weekly classes and that's it yeah? and, and, yeah, and, and, and i also think that that's a part of what makes this such an interesting community in general is the ranges of of, of the spectrums like yeah it almost occurred to me when you were sharing a little bit in this past uh share of your story that it, it almost feels like it's it's a it's a numbers game. Like if you think about it from like the Kundalini yoga teacher's perspective, like the legacy teacher story, as you brought up is here, this head honcho teacher is saying, Hey, I want you to do this for me. But in order for you to do this, uh, to help with our teacher training, you have to become one of my disciples. And they're like, no, I'm not willing to do that. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like playing cards and it's like a, it's like a, a seeds. And the, if you put out X amount of seeds and sales, you always know it's a numbers game. So if you need to end up with this many people in your teacher training, you got to talk to this many people yeah. and it's this, and not everybody is going to commit the way else committed. Some people are just going to be the outliers of the Kundalini yoga kind of take, they might even get a spiritual name, but never use it. They might wear uh a head covering only when they go to tantric yoga, but they would never wear a head covering just at a yoga class if they didn't have to. So there's mm -hmm. all the range, but it doesn't make the indoctrination quote less because it's still kind of like that seed planting that the most pure, the most committed, the most dedicated, the most enlightened are the ones that have gone the full on path. Yeah. And the isolation that you create for it the isolation and i don't mean that i was lonely or whatever because there was always a lot of work to do and there were many people around but it ends up being the only the only thing you do all your friends end up being right with yeah your social social with. life you after i i remember after the first after the level one i went to a, a barbecue and there were my friends my old friends and, and i couldn't talk to them anymore i didn't know what they were talking about and and i i felt like disconnect and so you are really well you've changed yeah. your diet and you no longer drink and there's just all yeah. these lifestyle not changes mm -hmm. you know no alcohol and then you're waking up at 3 a.m which automatically limits yes. things and this whole lifestyle and you actually feel like you're more elevated and that you're actually like superior in some way than these other people that have yet to awaken their consciousness yeah yeah this is superiority this this thing this is the best yoga. Why, for God's sake, how, what, on what basis was I saying to the people, to, to, to the people who came to my yoga class, this is the best yoga? Because it has everything in it. And I had all the arguments from the level one teacher training. But I was like a parrot, I was repeating. 
but I have no experience in other yogas. Mm. And I, I'm a scientist. <laughs> and, I'm, and I was telling them this, and I was convinced I was not... There were so many things. I have, this is an ancient technology. Me, the lover of the Vedas. Um, I think where we just did uh, at this, the, you were transitioning from East Africa, but you really wanted to highlight the Satnam Rasayan. Um, yes, yes. This focus so, because you were hosting that and, and doing yeah. quite a lot for that community. Give us that because. Yeah, so I had really been to a head. in 2011, I think I was, uh, had followed myself a uh, Satnam Rasayan uh, training level one in Germany because we didn't have it in Belgium at that time. Uh, and so I loved it. I loved Satnam Rasayan. Why? Again, because you get high. I, I love getting high. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this peace and this calm. And this, uh, I loved Satnam Rasayan. I never had uh, a connection. And we had a very good teacher in Germany, a, a normal guy, not, a, not a, a very sick type of guy, a very normal guy. Um, and I went to all the workshops with Guru Dev, but I, I saw the devotion of other people towards Gurudev, uh, and I never got it because I, I never felt a connection whatsoever with, with Gurudev. Never, ever, ever. I loved the space, but I never had this connection. And if I spoke, so I had had this experience with the, the lead trainers in, in, uh, in the training that were saying, you have to be mine, you have to be mine. No, you know, no, no. So, this hierarchical and these power games, I, I really, this is something that I cannot stand it. And it, I felt like in Satnam Rasayan it was worse because I was, I then said, I want to organize a training. And they say, yeah, you can do it. And I had two, two teacher trainings, but the hierarchy in Satnam Rasayan, I could only, so I had uh, an, a middleman between Guru Dev and me to whom I could speak. So I felt, oh, but I love the Satnam Rasayan. And so the first year, of the training. Uh, so this teacher, shall I name him? Sure. Hari Singh. So he's, uh, he lived in those days, he still lived in Amsterdam with his wife and his kids. And they told me, and we had another teacher coming from Hamburg. Um, uh, and so they, they had told me that Hari Singh was the spiritual son of Gurudev. So was very close to Gurudev. And he was beautiful Mexican man. Uh, and I could see from the first classes that he was very attractive and he was paying a lot of attention to the young and beautiful girls in the in the in the class and other people also saw that um but i thought okay this is okay there is nothing wrong but then the next year uh there was one of the female students and she came to the first class of the class of the next year and then after the class she called me and she said i i have to quit can you pay me my money back because I cannot come, come anymore? And then I asked her why she couldn't. And then, uh, and she, she's okay that I tell her story. Let me say this. And so uh, she said, uh, well, I thought I would be able to sit in a class with Hari Singh uh, and just be there for the Satnam Rasayan, but I just can't because I, I cannot cope with his hypocrisy. And I see that... Um, and so she said, she first didn't want to tell it, but then I said, is there something that's important for the other students to know? Because at that moment, I already started to, to think, okay, something happened there. And then she told me about how he seduced her. Uh, and he knew because she was in a divorce situation. 
and he knew about the divorce. And he asked her after the first class of the first year, he asked her to come to him after class and he gave her and he said, give me your mail address so I can send you a meditation that will help you with your divorce situation. And so they started da -da -da -da, and he, he came to her house and he brought presents for the children. And, and so there was sex and then it, and he, and she, he was inviting her to come with her to other places. And it, it lasted for a long time until she discovered that there were other students because he told her that he would, um, his marriage was not okay and he would uh, leave his wife. And so she had the impression that she was building a relationship. Uh, but then she realized that he had other, and so she told him, and then he got mad. And uh, but she, so he told her never tell anybody. So she didn't speak to me uh, until many months later. Uh, and so um, I'm not. I don't need to tell the, all the story. But uh, at the moment, I spoke to Harry Singh about it, and I informed uh, because he. I wanted to inform the Gurudev and and the organization but Harry said no 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 no. you are my sister and, and no and it was a mistake and I should not have done it because he he, he agreed that, that it happened uh but you have to give me a second chance and I was so stupid that I gave him this second chance uh but I didn't know at that moment but he knew at that moment that he had had sexually abused another student of our training also somebody from whom he knew she had relationship problems she had a healing with him. And so after the healing, he just continued to touch her and, and, he, and it evolved. And she said, what, what is this? And he said, this is good for you. And so she, yeah, she gave in. Uh, and also her, so she was like completely, uh, and she also, he also told her, don't speak about it. And so, um, so he knew that when he told me that uh, he made a mistake and he would never do it again. So it, it still took many months because in the introduction in my bio, I wrote it was in 2013, but it was only in 2013 that they came to see me uh, after many months because in another training, they had met each other uh, and they had spoken to each other. The two women. The two women. And so the one woman whose relationship, so the second one, she was back again with her boyfriend and her boyfriend is also a Kundalini yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they, uh, they came to see me and talk about the second abuse. And there I was like, I was furious. I was, I was like, disgusted also. Mm -hmm. So I called, uh, I said, this time I go to Gurudev because I didn't know that there was also abuse with Gurudev. Right, that he was the yeah? real guy wielding the power, keep going. And so the, but yeah, uh, each attempt. So the women, they, we were working together on healing. We had, uh, but they didn't want to go and have a court case. Yeah. This is, we are in 2013. Yeah. So they didn't go to, to they didn't the two have ladies. A, the, the two, two ladies. ladies. Yeah. So there was no court case. It's uh, just, uh, but they, they wrote letters to Gurudev uh to Hari Singh to so they and they asked for recognition of the harm done and they and I asked okay the next year's training Hari Singh should not be teaching he needs uh he he needs uh, to be supported he needs to go in therapy 
And I told him, <laughs> you need to go intently because this is, because we heard, we, we do not have names of other women, but there was a lot of rumors in Belgium and in Holland about other women involved. And there had been cases in Paris. Uh, so this was not the first time. Mm. So, but I didn't, so I still thought that Guru Dev would, would like react to this, but no, no, nothing. And then they had a meeting in, in Amsterdam where I could not be uh, at the meeting. And I was all the time insisting on just acknowledgement. Like this cannot happen. And, and something like an ethical code, because I had contact with EPS from Kundalini with Uruka, who was still in charge the, in those days. And she, in fact, she supported me to say, yes, you have to ask for acknowledgement. But EPS had nothing to say about Satnam Rasayan as it is a separate entity. It's completely outside of the Kundalini yoga structure since Bhajan died. Uh, so she was in support with me, uh, but, uh, and then apparently when the training was going to start the next year and I was waiting for the teachers because Gurudev had given us another teacher, but Hari Singh would continue to teach in other countries. And I said, mm -hmm. it's going to happen in other countries too. Um, so they gave us another teacher and I was waiting for the teacher and nobody turned up. It, and I was there with, a, with new level one students, with a big group of level two students. Uh, and so no teacher Wait, turned hold up. on. You organized a Satnam Rasayan training and nobody had said anything about the issues. No, no. And nobody told me just, that. And then nobody said that, that the lead trainers aren't going to show up for the training. No. You organized so I tried, and collected money I, for. Yeah. So I tried to contact the teachers. I tried to contact uh, the wife of the teacher, because this was a teacher from Hamburg who was supposed to come. I thought he was a friend. So nobody answered. So I sent the mail to the one who is in between me and Gurudev. Uh, it was a weekend training, Saturday level one, Sunday level two. So Saturday night at midnight, there is a mail from this in-between person who sends me, who says, oh, Ravinder, oh, I forgot to tell you, but you know, uh, Gurudev has decided that the energy in Belgium is not okay anymore, uh, and that uh, we the, you sh you should send the students now. You have they can go to trainings in Holland or in Germany, or, or everywhere they want to go. Uh, but Belgium uh, for two years is no go zone, uh, and we thank you very much for all your services for everything you did. Uh, bye bye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That is so manipulative. Disgusting. It's disgusting. And, and where is the respect towards the students? So it's I so want... manipulative. It's such a wielding of power. It's called stonewalling. And I think there's some other narcissistic names as well as sociopathic names for what this behavior is, folks. But in a moment when that happens to Ravinder or to Else at that time, remember, she's organizing for the entire country of Belgium, right? And it's been an active group, right, for long periods of time. And then suddenly after these abuse victims speak out and the leader of that area speaks out on their behalf and makes a stand that says this teacher shouldn't come back and be a teacher training here, instead of addressing that like healthy leadership should, Guru Dave Singh tells his minions that Belgium is a no-go zone because the energy is off and they don't have the decency to communicate that ahead of time. If that was an actually legitimate response, if it were, you would communicate that ahead of time before collecting a bunch of students, having someone as dedicated as 
else to collect those students, pay money, and then just say, oh, the students are fine, but they just tell them to go to another country. That's yeah. so disrespectful. I'm just yeah, because, I'm so you disgusted. Know, it, it's without any, 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 any empathy for the student because, you know, such a training, you, or you, you plan it in your agenda uh, a year before. So, and all other trainings, they are, they, they have started. So it was, so I was expecting. And, and not only that, but what it does is it creates a, um, a wedge between the relationship you have and all those people who trusted you to give them money because, you know, it's, it's, it's illuminating. Well, for the, yeah. It's but an I, attempt. I, I'm not saying yeah, that's what happened attempt. because you yeah. have a relationship with those people. What I'm saying is from a, yeah. from a manipulative narcissistic point of view, what that does is it bypasses your connect, you know, your direct trust and basically yeah. says, oh, we think the energy's off there. Now it puts doubt in people's minds, like what is actually going on instead of yeah. having this leadership. Show and then they had the guts after two years to contact me and ask me if I still had a mailing list of those people. Because, you know, in Satnam Rasayan, you, you don't only have students, you also have patients. So I had a big list of people who wanted to come. And so they, <laughs> they said, we want to start Satnam Rasayan again. Can you please send us the mailings list you have? This is after two years after stonewalling yes, you? After two or not three talking years. to you? That's yeah. so disgusting. I'm so yeah. disgusted right now. This is this is leadership of Guru Dave saying the predator, then, the super I, predator. At did, that moment, I didn't know all the rest. But okay, I, know, I think that's I'm just it, saying that's, that. But this is my point. We're getting a picture into your experience with them. Mm, if y'all don't know, go listen to Olivia's broadcast. Yeah. And you guys can hear the super predator that was Guru Dave Singh, who was preying on underage women while sleeping with their mother. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, but I think from my personal story, maybe that's um, everything. The most well, important no, I things. Mean, so, yeah, oh. so you get that. That happens. Um, Belgium becomes a no zone. Yeah, and you, then I still continue. Yeah, what happens? Like, how well, do you? I, I, I was, I was, in fact, I was personally so without looking at everything that happened to the women and, and to the to the group and to the students i was happy to be out of this and it felt like a relief because i really i could not function in this very paternalistic hierarchical structure this is not this is not a i loved the practice and i still continued after that to to go into these deep meditations which i now know i still love it but i now look at it differently mm. I know why I love it. And I still think it's very healthy, but you cannot use it as an escape. You cannot use it as an escape for real life. And this is what I, I saw a lot. Or, or what I realized I was doing a lot. It's like, if you're occupied with all this, you, can, you do not need to look at all the other stuff of your life. You can, it's an easy escape. Hmm. Interesting. Hi. Interesting. Well, that's my experience. So I continued uh, in, in Africa and, and being as representative of Belgium, I had all these meetings with the uh, national federations. Uh, so I had all these international contexts. And this is where I think I, I met so many people at the top of the organization that I know now that I would not have known if I had not done all that I have done. Yeah, mm. Working in Africa. And then they asked me to even 
they wanted me to start a, a yoga festival in Africa. And I felt like, oh, no, a yoga festival in Africa. You cannot have people travel from one country to another. There is no money to do that. So the only ones who would show up is very rich Americans uh, and, and then the local people. But that's not an African yoga festival. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. It doesn't work. It's so I continued and then I started um, in 2017. I read the article of Philip Deslipin from Maharash to Mahantantri. How did you find that? Like if you were in the midst of, you weren't doing Sat Ramasayam, but you're still doing Kundalini Yoga. Um... Uh, a friend of mine. So in fact, the, the person with whom I started this Africa project, he sent it to me. Okay. Uh, he was always... Um, he was always more critical than I was. <laughs> and he was all, he's an artist. And he's, he was much more like when I would say, oh, no, no, this Kriya, you have to do it this way. And you have to follow the timings. Uh, he would like play with it. And I would say, mm -hmm. uh, so. <laughs> and so um, he said, when was that article written? When did Philip? Well, it was in 2012 or 2013 oh, that he wrote it. Earlier. But I, mm -mm. so I read it only in 2016 or 17. And I read this and I, and it was like, oh my God. And I've been telling all these classes in all these, I've said, this is an ancient technology. So I started to realize why did I accept this without investigating it? Where was my critical mind? Mm. Uh, and so I started asking questions. So I wrote to all these lead trainers, that I that I knew, uh, I wrote to Krishna, uh, for example, uh, but also to others, uh, and I said, "What is this article? Why, why is it not brought forward and discussed? And what can we learn from this? Why isn't this in teacher training 101, folks?" And so I asked this question, and then started my experience that I already had had in Satnavda Science silence as an answer I started to have it in the Kundalini yoga world mm. so every critical every question that was a bit difficult to answer uh, and I got uh, once you start when when once the your brain starts to work again <laughs> yeah uh, you start seeing things and you start asking questions and and also at the national federations so I started asking questions like, uh, I was still in this, these meetings, like why are all the leaders in this community Sikhs? And why do they all have long beards and wear white turbans? While when I look at the yoga classes here in Belgium, none of us is like that. None of us. So this gap, this is a huge gap. Who do we, because it's always about serving, serving, serving. And then I said, my feeling is that those we need to serve are those who need the yoga. But this community of yogis, so I'm not talking about the 3HO community, yeah? I'm talking about people in all the towns all over the world who go to yoga classes and have never heard about 3HO, have never heard about KRI, and even less about Sikh Dharma. So I said, these are the people we need to serve. These are the people that want to come to yoga class once a week to 
toward their body, toward their mind, to have some spiritual experience. And these are the people we serve. So our reflection should be about this. But the leadership and, and the things they are, they are talking about, it, it's an immense gap. So I was already at that time, I was saying, and then I, they looked at me. <laughs> I said, huh? It must be me because I was, I felt like I was the only one asking these questions and there was no answer. Nothing. No blank stares. No, it was like blank stares. Like, what okay. is she talking about? Hmm. And so, silence as an answer. I want to just highlight silence that. As silence as an, as an answer. answer. That as oh. if being neutral and being silence is as as if being silent is neutral. Yeah. And it is such a long, long historical myth that the it, that is embedded into our identity as Kundalini yogis and as yeah. children of this dharma. The silence is an answer. So this this article from Philip was in fact the trigger, and then came the Akal security issue at the Mexican border and the mm. petition that was launched by uh, Los Angeles Kundalini yoga teacher. Mm. And that's that for me closed the door. Mm. So I contacted her and I tried to also have the petition uh, communicated here in, in Europe. And, and then seeing that only, I think only 600 or 700 teachers um, signed that petition. And, and I thought, awareness, the yoga of awareness. The question was, so there were uh, Mexican refugees when they came at the border of the U.S. So the, there was a separation between uh, parents and children. And so Akal Security, the security company that is owned by the uh, overall organization, they were involved in this, uh, in these operations. Yeah, and, and to be a question... little more clear, we had billion-dollar contracts with the federal government that's known as ICE, and ICE is basically the hostile uh, immigration police that separates the children and their families. And we discovered, this yoga student in L.A. Had, had did this petition, discovering that we had multi-year billion-dollar contracts. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So when when she tried when she reached out and she went to the council Kalsa council and it took more than a year before they came with a statement, so it was again the same thing. So you ask a very simple question: Are our yoga activities uh, funded with money from this company, and are is this company that is linked to the yoga are they still going to sign new contracts and uh, with ICA, and are they uh, continuing their contracts. So there was very simple questions and it took more than a year before a statement came. And then, so I, that closed for me, that closed the door. So I said, and then uh, it was very difficult because the, the students who came to the yoga class, they didn't understand why I didn't, why I wanted to stop. Mm. I just said, there is something in this yoga. Uh, I was fully, 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 I was, I, I embraced it 200%. But now I feel there is something in there that I cannot relate to. Uh, and, and so I, I'm not honest if I'm going to teach you. I cannot teach mm. it anymore mm. because uh, there is too many questions in my own head and, and it doesn't feel good anymore. So this is, so I was really 
I, I feel now that I was lucky that I stepped out in 2018. And then um, I always say now to people, uh, because also in these um, town hall meetings, uh, I hear these uh, leaders who want to, be, to go to, into the board, they say, uh, this is the best yoga, this, is, this saved my life, there is nothing better than this. How do you know? I always say, stop for one year. But one year, one month is not enough because you're addicted. You will miss definitely it. Definitely not enough. You definitely have to stop for at least a year. And yeah. I remember the years that my system was telling me to stop. And it started by stopping teaching. And then it was stop practicing entirely and to not do any of that. And it took a little while before my system started coming online. Yes. But it quite literally is like having parts of your brain come back online. That's it. That's it. And to the critical thinking to take its place again, the numbness to leave you and the healthy, happy, holy uh, rhetoric that so, props you up. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. So this, a, this all comes out in 2018, else. I mean, you, you're starting to pay attention. You'd already had these horrible silencing experiencing. Now you're reaching out to the Kundalini yoga teachers that are in head positions. You're realizing you're also getting stonewalled in silence. Nobody knows how to address these quote hard issues. Um, and then the ice thing, and you just realize, wow, these people in leadership, there's a huge gap between who they think they're serving and who they are and whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. So, so I just dropped it. You just backed away. And, and, and I stuff. thought, and when you were reading my bio, I thought, okay, I've been stepping out of things many times and then coming back. <laughs> uh, okay. It's because it's not, my work is not finished yet. Um, and um, so I thought I would never go back because why would I go back? So somebody else took over the presidency for the Belgian Federation. And so it was in 2020 when Premka's book came out that uh, I don't remember how I knew this. But anyway, I ordered it first online and I read it and I thought, yes, yes, this is the moment. So I uh, contacted people from the Belgian Federation and I said, hey, wow, look at this. And uh, the woman who had taken over from me, in fact, she, she had also heard about the thing in the ICA thing, and she was fed up, and she said, I, I don't want to be in this anymore, and I said, you know what, I take over again, because I feel like, I feel like a new, a new drive, uh, because maybe change is possible, maybe transparency is possible, because now, if all these people start speaking, start talking, uh, this is, I'm interested, I'm interested to work towards justice, and, and to have, uh, and to name the harm done and to see what is the damage. Only one woman, two women, how many? And then mm. the children and mm. and to so. I have two questions before you continue. Did you practice personally between the time, between no. 2018? So you just completely dropped all yeah. association and all daily practice? Yes, yes, yes. And I even you... stopped my personal practice before I stopped teaching. And okay. then they, they almost trapped me in Sierra Leone, in Africa again. So I went to visit a friend there who is uh, mindfulness and, and she does also other types of yoga. And uh, so I visited her in October, 2019. And I was already out. I, was, I had nothing to do with Kundalini yoga anymore, but 
she was teaching yoga or mindfulness, I don't remember, and I was there. And she told her students, oh, she's going to, oh, we want to have Kundalini yoga. So they convinced me and I gave a yoga class. And then you see, this is the thing, huh? you give this class, these people have never done it before and they are in heaven. They love it. They love it. And they said, we want to do this. We want, and I don't know if you ever heard of the level zero training. It was given by a man. Uh, it was even presented during um, uh, European yoga festival. I, I forgot the name of the man. He's originally Dutch. But so he created, and KRI was okay with it, a level zero training, which is a level one, but stripped off. So the only thing you, that's left is the basic yoga and very, very basic lifestyle thing, but really, really very basic. And so I had, had a discussion with him uh, already when I was still in to also implement it in Kenya because I started seeing that disturbing things in, in, in Africa. Uh, I didn't want to do it again. Um, so um, I prepared it. And then my flight had to leave on the 18th of March and the 17th of March, COVID was there, 2020. I couldn't leave. If I had taken the, the, the airplane, I would have had to stay in, in Sierra Leone for, for months and months and months. So I didn't go. But that was March, 2020. So you see? Right. So a few months, I still all connected. So I had this time. I had this extra time. I was not doing this uh, level zero thing. So I had time to listen to your uncomfortable conversations. And this is also, and I, of course I made time for it, but I could do it. Not many people can do it because I also stopped working by then. So I had this space and I really felt for myself, but also I felt like a responsibility as, as I had had been telling all these lies without knowing it were lies. Um, I felt like I, here I can do something. It's uh, because it, it, if I listen to all these things and, and, and then I realized that listening to a conversation of three or three hours um who can do it yeah uh and that's why i contacted you and asked you if you would agree to um to contact the people and ask if they agree to have the website made and so in 2021 uh i finally i started making the website just to because i, I realized the vastness of the abuse People know, yeah, there were a few women who were sexually abused and maybe were they really abused or were they, did they have, did they have Is it just slander, yeah. you know, just all, yeah, yeah, did or, they choose or it's just that? Did they, was it Was it consensual? You yes. Know, just all the ways, and again, these are all coping mechanisms that are quite embedded into the teachings and into the ethos of Kundalini Yogadom. Um, and I say that very intentionally because again, hearing this whole thing, like choosing what teachers, this is one of the ways that I would quote, warn my students when they would get into the teacher training circuit, is mm -hmm. I would say, make sure you're resonating with the teacher. You know, there are very abusive lineages here. Um, and I would just say that because there mm -hmm. are very abusive lineages here. What I didn't yet know is how the collective source of it all was so rooted in, in such predatory abuse that I don't think there's any non-abusive lineage anymore, but that's my takeaway. When you tell this, 
it makes sense to me that you would be reinvigorated in 2020 because you were the organizer of a country and you're hosting, there's a responsibility. There's a, there's a, 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 a sense of responsibility if one's actually a leader of something and, and giving something that they genuinely think is meaningful and valuable. There is a responsibility you take when you take someone else's money um, and host something so that other people get to partake in that feast, whatever that mm-hmm. is. And so as a organizer and a leader of your area, to have students be abused and harmed, and then to, to come up against a system that isn't addressing it, it's very, very traumatizing. And it happens more often than we think, whether it's with the corporation one works for, or whether it's the family institution you come from, it could be the military for some people, it could be a corporate world of 35 years in government and yada, yada. But in this case for you, it was 10 years of dedication to, you know, serving people in their consciousness and organizing events that help people feel better in their bodies and minds, at least so you think. And so to have that interaction and then to have two years of kind of fading away and pulling it apart a little bit and to not be associated with it. Then in 2020, you're like, I'm back in the Federation. Finally, it's a time for transparency. Wow, there's the potential. The Facebook group was inspiring because you're hearing from people that were in the 70s all the way up. So there's puzzle piecing. I'm sure your researcher mind was all lit up because there's people from all different regions. And these are the things you had been feeling and thinking for the last decade of your life. Like, wow, that part doesn't make sense. Oh, let me just focus on my lane. Oh, well, that didn't feel right. Let me just not do that and focus here. And that this is one of the coping mechanisms that we all have used to survive this cult. Let me just Mm -hmm. focus on this little lane. Let me just work with this teacher because I can believe in this teacher. And so we put our time and attention in this person, but we warn people about the Gurmukhs or the Guru Devs or the whatever, but we secretly warn them while we still are promoting a body of work that's rooted in that predatory behavior. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and it takes a while before you, you, you see that. Yes. So and before is, you can, that emotional yeah. distance, I think is what I'm pointing out. You had that distance. So you had yeah. more ability to see it for what it is when you felt like you were getting dicked around again. Like here you and are the, in the, the whole reconciliation committees. Yeah. You knew at yeah. one point you're like, I'm just, I'm being used here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, um, and it's the information that you need to to help the processing so listening Mm -hmm. to all these different stories that was needed for me to to realize Mm -hmm. wow and also to realize uh how do you communicate about this because people don't want to hear you because in belgium they didn't like what i was doing they said leave this alone Mm -hmm. because let us just continue with our yoga we we because I, I stepped down back again <laughs> as a president and there was a new president and they are and they organized the Belgian yoga festival is fantastic it's something I never did so I applaud them for that uh, but they they were uh, upset with with my investigation that I wanted to to know and understand uh, what what was going on what was the true history where and and then finally, as I see it now, all this was set up as a cover-up. It was a veil for everything to control people and to make sure that uh, 
all the things that um, all the abuses could happen, the criminal activities could take place and the money could be raised and and the exploitation could happen and, and everything that was there. So um, there is inherent in this yoga technology is the capacity to control people. This yoga didn't do, it didn't create awareness. It's not a yoga of awareness. With everything that we know now, we, and many people say it, it was the yoga of blindness. It was the yoga of deafness. It was the yoga that helps people to, um, to hide away, but also that uh, gave no solutions to those who suffered harm and, and slandered them and, 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 and they had no way to go. And, and they are very, very traumatized. Um, so, where were we? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, everything you're saying, you know, everything you're saying. And so you started listening. You were obviously in the midst of the um, Facebook group in 2020, the whole Facebook. So you were in the midst of that and you're paying attention to the different stories. I'm guessing you were on some of the Zoom calls where stories came yeah. out yeah, yeah. Um, with the Colsa Council. And then yeah. in November, 2020 is when the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast launched. So you're obviously starting to listen to these long form podcasts and lots of people listen to the long ones. Some people do it in chunks. Some people just take it all the way in, but do know, and it's part of a, a part of the intentions and, and, and what, I, what I've come to learn is we listen when we're ready and it's just okay, right? Some of us are ready right away and we dive in because these are the things our minds have been wondering about for years to try to put these puzzle pieces together. I know that was the case for me in 2020 when this stuff came out. I had words because I had been emotionally processing this for some time. And it sounds like you had too for at least the last couple of years for these incidences to have happened with leadership the way that they have with you. And for you had for you have to have formed the relationships with some of the top legacy teachers in different regions of the world speaks to the level of distortion you're talking about. Because if you can go to some of the highest sources of the knowledge that's disseminated and all you get is blank looks and uncertainty on how to address something that any leader should be able to address, because this is what it deals when you're dealing with complex situations of human, mm -hmm. of human beings, and you get nothing from them. So that gave you a sense of like, I don't know what's going on, but something's not right here. So in 2020, when it all comes out, now you're like, Thank goodness. At least now it's out in the open. So else has this voice of reason that shows up, like maybe everybody's going to come to the table again. Yeah. And so you're listening, but I'd like to bring you, bring us to that point where you start creating the Kundalini yoga abuse site, because you know, not everybody's going to listen for three hours. You know, there needs to be a little bit more coherence between this article that got published in 1980 or the time magazine, whatever and an interview that you just heard on my podcast or on Mina's podcast on Instagram, and you're putting these puzzle pieces and you're like, yeah, we need to have these clips. That's what I saw that website doing. You were trying to yeah. coordinate yeah, to, all this content. To, 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 to find a structure to make it. To, to call make it, it make sense. Yeah. And to say that there is child abuse, there is sexual abuse, there is homophobia, there is business fraud, there is slandering, there is this, there is that. So, and it continues. So, to give a structure so that the people can 
and then the in there organization so you could see all the range of the types of abuse and for how long and how many years it had spanned yeah. and that it wasn't something that could just be brushed under the rug that it wasn't just some women that were speaking out slandering we're talking about a long history that's what your website yeah, set out to yeah, do yeah, yeah yeah and in in those days so uh, i was still um but i i felt the resistance from people so from the belgian community like i was alone nobody 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 feels like supporting this mm. uh because they said what are you doing this is not our stuff this is this is in the states and and uh it's not the same organization so just drop it and and let's focus on 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 seeing how we can spread the teachings uh, more and and focus on the future uh, and the same in fact in the national federation so i know there were a few i don't remember the name the the countries but there were only a few countries who really saw the book of Premka as an opportunity for change. And most of them were really annoyed and angry and, and were calling us slanderers and I think all names like Burp. And finally, they threw me out there too. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I had only seen, but, mostly but that's okay. seen, most leaders were silent in Europe. And I only yeah. saw Shiv Chudden's response, which was basically a non-response and his horrible youtube response and uh, in general yeah we just mostly got silence um mm. and then a few months ago ram singh started to uh to communicate finally and i tried a teacher out of france I, yeah a teacher from france who was also one of our seva teachers in africa mm -hmm. and i tried to contact him because i saw he he had not had the time to listen to everything and i wanted to uh in fact, to partner with him to say, I have a lot of information, but uh, he didn't receive it well. Called me a racist. So, um, yeah, and he's one of the few black teachers, much less, yeah. you know, only French teacher over there. And I don't know where where he ended up. I, I haven't followed because yeah, and this was, is a year later. Right? This is a year. This is after the yeah. This it isn't was very when late. all the voices came out. This isn't the 2020 reckoning moment. No, no, no. This it is, was very late. This is way after when yeah. when Seek It was Darwin after my website, so it was exactly. after so after the report. At probably, I mean, we're talking about when reparations probably were coming through. Like when, yeah. when some of these teachers start waking up, just like witnessing Guru Singh rebrand himself from yeah. being a longtime personal by the side of Yogi Bhajan to suddenly in 2020, he had many teachers, not just Yogi Bhajan. And, you know, and just the way that different teachers are, are waking up like, oh, wow, well, I better stay with yeah. the times if I want students to pay attention. Who the, is the CEO of, of Rachel? Siri Sands. Siri Sands. She asked me to be part of the cons uh, Compassionate Reconciliation Commission. And that, so I ended up there and I wasn't there for a year or something um what was your group focused on specifically we were called we we were called i don't know what we were called we were called something like the in, in the 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 leaders without uh <laughs> without a job or something <laughs> i don't remember so there were all these different committees that were formed essentially yeah so, one so there were like the, the survivors. survivors yeah tell us so so there, there, there were the the children second gen uh there were uh, survivors, there were the women survivors, there was the yogic community, there was the Sikh Dharma community. Uh, well, I don't know the others. And we were a group <laughs> of people, like there was Krishna Kaur, 
so hello your, there is Krishna in, in my group so it was Krishna there was um, Jay Gopal who used to be the uh, coordinator of the national federations so for some people like for her it was like very weird to to call her uh, somebody who who has is recognized as a leader but has no leadership while she was responsible for all the national federations so she had a very broad uh, group of people she was connected with um so and and then we had so we had a very nice group of six six people permanently and a very broad spread like krishna who is like not really or wanting to to keep everything as it was and whatever and wanting to and she she always said just let us meditate together that will solve the thing and then i was on the on the side of the survivors and and others were in between so but we we it was a nice group but what were we doing where were we going uh so and at the end of 2022 i i, I start, had started writing my book by then of course um and uh, I felt like, okay, I'm just wasting my time and energy here. And, and I don't believe, and I've also had a feeling like this is a um, window dressing. We are used as a uh, as an excuse to say, you see, we have this compassionate reconciliation. Uh, and there were just outcomes. Is a Canadian company who is um, guiding that process of compassionate reconciliation. Uh, they... They have very good intentions, and I think they did very good things, but it all stayed very, yeah, small. Insular. Yeah. Uh, so I stepped out. One of the things I did from the start, so it's called the Compassionate Reconciliation Commission. Um, and I asked, where is the word truth? Because normally you have Truth and Compassionate Reconciliation Commission, like Desmond Tutu started in South Africa. No, the word compassion is it's just truth and reconciliation. Sorry for the confusion. So normally it's truth and reconciliation, and and we only have uh, compassionate co reconciliation, reconciliation, and we have no truth. And the answer I got was, we cannot. In our community, we have different truths. So we cannot have the word truth in there because different people have different truths related to harm done. No, harm done is harm done. Damage done is damage done. And restorative justice, it is about centering, focusing on the damage that is done, not looking for uh, who, who shall we punish, but how shall we restore the damage that is done and define the damage done and, and listen it, to the damage and listen done. so define it name it that's the first step that as montutu defined Which, in his in his process is name the harm done and this is what i was always saying in this in these crcs is we are not doing that we are organizing ourselves we were all the time organizing ourselves we were but we were not talking the elephant in the room was very loading that's right and then when the when the women started talking when there were the zoom calls it was not promoted by the organizations so it's it's not and even so now even the language is oftentimes allegations still as opposed to 
you know, these are people's stories of harm. There's their experiences yeah. of harm. Allegations is, is, is putting it off as if you're not sure if you believe them. And when those reconciliation committees were being formed, I remember speaking to the lady, one of the ladies about it. I was in Phoenix when it was, you know, like November 2021 or something. And I had to just drop into my body and be like, you know what? This is a total 3HO move. They are creating committees to make us feel like we're important and that our input matters and they're going to have us do this and it's not going to go anywhere. No way am I giving my emotional energy to this. No. Mm -hmm. um, I value what you're trying to do here, reconciliation group. But no, I think, uh, I think we're being asked to fondle ourselves and call it something else. And yeah. anyway, your experience in that group, as well as other people I heard in the different committees, what have those committees accomplished? What has any of it accomplished in service of the survivors? Mm. Yeah, there is, but then it's not triggered by that, but there is now the reparations program, as we know, eh, since. But that didn't come from the reconciliation committee. No, 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 it didn't. It didn't. Oh, hey, that came from a group of survivors threatening <laughs> yeah. to sue. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, just for the yes. record. And yes. same thing with the same thing with the therapy reimbursement. That didn't come. That mm -hmm. didn't come from the conciliation reconciliation committee groups. You just got to wonder what have they spent that entire. You know, what is that reconciliation group actually supported in in moving? You know, I saw them announcing it at at their last solstice. You know, as if these circles are meaning something. Yeah, but you know, I think it it has sense. Uh, and now I'm taking my notes of these meetings. Um, one of the women, she said, "We learn from just outcomes to communicate authentically." Wait, we learn. You you learn from just this is one of the SSSC board member uh, running yeah, so the uh, the no the one of the candidates. Huh? One of the candidates. That's what I meant. One, one of the, the candidates, candidates running for the board of the entire organization, just for the record. She says, we learn from just outcomes, how to what? Yeah, how to how to communicate um, authentically and how to relate to each other and how to listen to each other. But it's true, Guru Nishan. It's true because this is something if they never learned, there is no listening in the community. There is only obedience. Mm. There is only suffering. There is only, nobody is listening to, everybody is still, is so much pull. And, and this, this uh, circle work, I, I believe it's very necessary. But I, um, I don't feel it is helping what we thought. It, I, when I stepped into the Compassionate Reconciliation Commission, I thought we were going to work on the harm done, define it, and then see together how can we fix it. But this is not what we were doing. What they were doing, and it is necessary, uh, is they learn how to listen to each other. And they learn how to be authentic and, and dare to speak their truth and not be slandered for it. It doesn't work always, but sometimes it works. I was very happy to see in, in our small group how we could, how we, we could communicate in a very decent way, thanks to the methods that Just Outcomes brought to us. So there is something valuable in there, but it's not serving the goal of restorative justice directly. Mm. And this is what they told me. You have to be patient. Mm. Yeah. But my, my level of patience is not very high. So I think 
it was better that I stepped out. What you just but said okay. around learning to communicate and that how important that was in, in these circles and that they had only learned to obey. It's such a profound thing. I hope you go back and rewind and hear what else just said, because, um, For a candidate that's running for the board to acknowledge that, right, in their own awareness of what they learned, that's beautiful. And you've been practicing the yoga awareness for 50 fucking years. Yeah, like, that's true. Jesus, you know, and you're painting your organization as a trauma-informed organization, and you're not, right? You're not the pathway to the Aquarian age because you're just now learning how to communicate in a small group. Yeah, because and the of fact a that she told it, expert, right? And, and, so this is this is said, and and I don't want to blame. I, I'm grateful for uh, certain of these candidates who have bravely spoken out true things. Uh, but in fact, it's proving that the conscious communication level too uh, is not. Yeah, I forgot. Conscious communication is actually was, a training. It's a training. It's a whole week training. Uh, and that nobody, our legacy teachers have yeah. to host. Yeah. yeah. Those who are now learning from just outcomes, how to, how to communicate. listen to each other and be authentic in their communication and respectful, which is good. So I don't, I don't want to throw it all away. I think there are very nice things happening. And, uh, and somebody also of these... Uh, board members who, who runs for the election uh he said it's going to take 10 20 years and i think he's right if if they get there if it can survive as long but before everybody but i see movement so i'm rather positive in the fact that i see that i know a number of these people and i see how they have evolved over these last three years and one of the, one of the things I also saw in this meeting with all these, and maybe for the people who listen, so I'm talking about um, meetings that were held uh, to uh, present the candidates for the new uh, for that will step into the board of directors of the overall organization. And so in these meetings, they were all talking about uh, what happened to the community since 2020. And then I want to shout, no, it started in one in 1968 when he arrived. It started then. It's not since. And one of the women, she said, the earthquake that, that was that we experienced all in 2020. And then I want to say, you needed an earthquake to wake up. Many people had storms going on. So Rishinots has been shouting. For years, eh? the Waka world of Yogi Bhajan. So there were people out there who were shouting and nobody was listening. So the earthquake of Premka's book was needed. But it's not since then that there is a crisis. Now, there was a crisis all the time. Well, and nobody has the reflection that these teachings were the teachings that made them fall asleep. These were the teachings that brought them 
into this denial, into this position of not seeing what was happening to their children. These were the teachings that allowed them to convince themselves that it is good to send your children to schools into India at ages of two, three, four. These teachings, you are going to promote them. And they still say, this is our mission. While I say, work on yourself. Stop doing all this and go in therapy, all of you. All of us. Before, but they, so they, they do not even have this reflection. Mm. And this is what I don't understand. They don't even have the reflection. So they keep on saying, we are here. They, Keep on saying, we are the teachers because he made us teachers. He did not come to make students. He came to make teachers. And they still behave like teachers of this technology that made them blind and deaf for years and still mm. does it because it did the same with me. Mm. He did not have to teach me to make me numb, to make me non-critical. It was the teachings that did it. It was the fact that I went to a level one teacher training where we slept four hours a night, where we ate very little, and where we did very, very heavy kriyas, and all that while you have a full-time job and you give yoga classes and you organize things. Da, 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 da. This is these are the this is what the teachings do, not for people who just go to a yoga class once every week. No. People, they say, uh, is far away. We never knew Yogi Bhajan. It's very long time ago. Uh, and, okay, but they, what do they know about the abuse? They know, okay, there were maybe some women who were sexually assaulted by Yogi Bhajan. This is what they know. That's everything they know. This is why we uh, partnered to get all this together, to have a book on the market, so that people can have a look at the full story and then decide for themselves what they do with it. So they can, if they want to continue teach yoga, for me, it's fine. It's fine. As long as they are aware that there is a capacity in this technology and there is a danger in this technology that you are numbed, that you are, you fall asleep. So you have and to And then be, it's designed that way, that it's actually and designed, it's designed to help designed you to disconnect it. from your own will and and to shoot into your own super consciousness and you have to know that these things are built in so it's not so simple as just moving on because that teacher was a bad apple no 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 and this is again why i knew that the efforts you were putting into um what i've called the web the predatory web in in this podcast over the last couple of years just listening to the stories emerged predatory distortions, predatory patterns. And so this podcast is one example of a web of predatory patterns that emerge through different people telling their stories. And we've only told like 40 of them. We're, we're talking about there's thousands out here, folks, right? So I'm glad this podcast has helped and all the other things that are out, but there's far more stories that are helping to put the pieces of the puzzle. So name some of the other types of sources, um, because there was obviously Mina's podcast, which preceded this one, um, which for those of you that don't know, you, you know, the intentions that came from the uncomfortable conversations started with her intentions. She had a list of intentions as a Kundalini yoga student and teacher, and she started doing interviews on her Instagram and I interviewed with her. 
And around that time, she was ending, and I said, I'm going to start a podcast, and do you mind if I borrow your intentions? So I just made more, but, you know, it all that time was just a bunch of us coming forward and sharing stuff, and you else were yeah, reading I was all. just you were reading yeah. it all. You had already read Phyllis DeSlips many years ago. He was yeah. active in the conversation with some more stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw... I- I took it all in and then uh, I felt like, okay, this, I have to do something with it because it would be just a waste if, if I would not use this. So what is in there? So, so there are indeed the, there is input from Mina Bahadori's uh, uh, interview she did in the early days in 2020. Uh, there are, there is uh, Rachel Bernstein. She did interviews uh, there, there. And then you started with the uncomfortable conversations when, uh, and then there, there are the books. There is the book of Premka. Uh, there is the Inner Circle book of Peter Blatchley, uh, which was, also has a great uh, source of information to just grasp the, the atmosphere the, and, and the history and the atmosphere of, of how it was, the, the positive and the, and the less positive uh, things in uh, of living in this community. And then there is one of the second gens who uh, gave me access to the library of all the documents she had, letters that were sent to her parents uh, related to the boarding school, related to the food programs, related when Bajan said, okay, this summer the children will only get one meal a day uh, and and this type of thing. Um, Also the original lawsuit? The lawsuits. Uh, the, both the lawsuits and also lawsuits on business fraud and on drugs uh, issues, uh, drug delicts and on the jewelry scams and, and all these things. So, so we're talking uh, about lo- the gem fraud, the jewelry scams, uh, the, the marijuana and gun, the arms stuff, the FBI raids yeah. um, are covering all those spans that happened over several spans yeah. of time. And what's so interesting about the way Else has done this is she sourced these things just like any good academic or, or, or researcher. You know, one thing is cited from, from one academic paper or from one source. And then because she's listening to my interviews, somebody might have brought up that same story in one interview. And then somebody else brought up that same story in a different interview. And so it's multiple accounts of the same time period or same incident that you've brought together in this book. Yeah, and then then it's still very, very, it's just drawing a, a picture of something that's much bigger. Huh? So there are like hundred books. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like a pin in the larger scope. But why yeah. it's so magnificent and why it's so necessary for 3HO specifically is it's so much. The dark history is like an yeah. avalanche. And it's like a tsunami of info. And so just going back to what you just said about these board candidates, many of them, even if they're pro healing and support, haven't listened to all the stories because it's just too much, right? There's so much to listen to. There's no time because they're busy needing to spread the teachings and the technology to the world. And so when we pause and say, have I actually listened? I know lots and lots of people that are choosing not to listen yet. Yeah. And that's fine because we're all in our own process, but you can't come up with your slogans. Like the teachings are fine. It helps me so much. If you haven't actually stopped. That's and it. Let because these stories yeah, in. You, you base your decision uh, to answer this question. Can I separate a teacher from the teachings? If you base it on, on information that is 
it's very, very light. So if you have read the book, and then, and this is what Lydia, for example, this woman from, from Kenya, this, she, in her review, she just puts the question. She says, I have no answer. I, I do not know yet how I will process this. I, I will need time and I will talk to it with, with my peers, etc. And this is what needs to happen, is that people for themselves um, reflect on, uh, but then it's to give them a well-informed uh, decision to allow them to have a better informed decision. So what I try to do in the book is not to take a stance. Now, by now you know my stance, so, but still I, I try to stay with the, with the facts from the interviews, from the newspapers, from the uh, works of historians, and also try to, to draw a historical context uh, of um, how it was in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, and then there is Yogi Bhajan's teachings himself, because they are also an important source uh, of information. So to link everything what people have experienced, link it to his words. And his then lectures. see she's actually transcribed some of the lectures and, and put them in there in reference to the yeah. types of things he was propagating. And then what people saw when they were close to him. For example, Marina, who lived for three years in the last years of his life. Who lived close and she she came from Europe she she was not a Sikh Dharma person and she just poof, is dropped there because she is married by Bajan and she's dropped in Espanola and and so her view on uh, from an outsider because I think once you are inside this is the thing and this is why I don't want to blame anyone who's still inside because once you as long as you are in it's so difficult to see what is really happening you have to you have to step out to see it because for the outside world it's obvious uh it's obvious for the outside world it's obvious that's a cult and i remember when i went to uh teacher trainings and then when people said you are in a cult and of course that was not no i was not in a cult no 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 mm -hmm. i was uh but it's very difficult to see it when you're inside so which is, this is why this book is so necessary, because one of the things that I think is um, so heavy of a weight to bear for many of us, um, and I hear this from a lot of listeners, um, people know harm has occurred, but they don't even know where to begin to look and read and research. There's, you know, it's you know, you go into a Facebook group and it's overwhelming. It's like, oh my God, where do I start? And you look at my list of podcasts and it's like 53 hour episodes. Like these things are overwhelming, right? And and so how do we get this information that needs to be gotten to people who need to know it, which is anybody who's continually either practicing or propagating because we have to be able to see it for what it is. We have to be able to make our own conclusion. As you said, if you choose to carry on teaching or practicing, that's on you, but get all the information so that you're fully informed and you can feel all this before you carry on with the platitudes that were given to us as a way to carry on teachings. Yeah, and you will teach from a, from a more aware from a more, more aware place. <laughs> you actually take it all in. It's, it's, it's just too easy in the trauma healing process to just bury it and be like, I believe the women. Yeah. But I'm going to keep and this, teaching. 
I and believe the is, women though. It's really bothersome because nobody's actually listening to the actual harm and they want to just carry on to teach the teachings, but I believe the women. Oh, and, and, and I think we should serve black people too. Sorry. Yeah. And this is, a, <laughs> this is in fact for me, a missed opportunity, but okay. There is still other opportunities that will come, but from the start, they could have opened up from within these stories. 3HO and KRI, they could have done this. So now one of the candidates says he wants to do it. He wants to bring the stories into the open, which is good. And everybody, and this is good, pro Bajanis, everybody says library of teachings, the teachings have to stay, which is also good because it's in the teachings that is the proof that it is a cult. They don't realize it, but it's in there. Everything is in there. Uh, but what I want to say is, if from the beginning they would have, then they would not have had to do what they have done now. So 3HO and KRI, so before the websites, it was all white people, turbanized, uh, and, and so full, fully in, in their uh, uniform. And so as from 2020, there is an image, image change. Eh? So Yogi Bhajan has disappeared from the forefront and... Uh, there is colors and people of color. Uh, so it's a completely different, uh, but inside the teachings, he's still exactly there. The yeah. So, so uh, this, this is not working. This is not consistent. And this is what Harinami, in fact, was saying. Like there is an inconsistency in your behavior because you cannot do that. So there has the only way, and this is what this one candidate was saying, the only way is to open up, is to put it onto the table, and from there you start. I can't uh, agree more that it feels it's so disingenuous to look at the 3HO or the, the Kundalini site and to see like the orange sun, the original 3HO brand is gone, which fine companies rebrand all the time, but to have it be so different and, you know, so light washed and not addressing how these harms have been bred in our community for decades, you know, so yeah. things are alluded to. And so what I hear you saying around this, like the pro budgetist, at least he's talking the truth. At least he's saying that's incongruent. You can't say yeah. you embody the teachings yeah, and then yeah, want to yeah. take the teacher out and call him a rapist. Now yeah. you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to acknowledge what's in plain sight, but the fact that it, it's just yeah. such cognitive dissonance and it is. And this is so I wish, I wish I would not have had to spend all this time to write this book. Uh, and they had done it themselves from, from within, but they didn't. So, And I don't uh, think they're capable. And like you said, one candidate said it was going to take 20 some years. If well, maybe that, it if comes. They have, and maybe, maybe, unless they're all of their parts, but the maybe, amount of maybe. depth of but corruption. Then, so there was this one, uh, so a few, it was in November, there was this one new book coming out from KRI, and, and I found that example. So it's a book with a green cover, and it's the title you is Finding Peace Within Shattered Pieces. You saw it? So it's Healing Trauma with Yoga and Meditation by Simranjit Kaur, a book from KRI. So on the cover of the book, there is not a word Kundalini, Kundalini anymore. So there is not Yogi Bhajan. And there is even not anymore Kundalini. The book starts with a Rumi quote. So we don't quote Yogi Pachan anymore on the front cover or in the first page. But then inside the book, it's Yogi Pachan quotes, of course. And then 
it is about so they talk about sexual abuse eh? so and this is a book that is going to heal persons from who suffered from sexual abuse no word so shiv sharan and guru daran singh have written the forewords no word about the internal issues on sexual abuse those so they speak about how the world is full of sexual abuse but not in their organization and then they they call the woman i don't know her but they call her an expert but you know she is a police officer who had a training to interview uh victims of sexual assaults this is her expert status the trauma expert that writes a book and then the warming up exercise because i bought this book huh? yeah you have to buy it if you do investigations i bought this book the warming up exercises she starts with because it's a 40-day set that she did herself because she was herself traumatized by everything that she had experienced in her in her job i can believe that huh? uh, the warming up they start with three breath of fire exercises for traumatized people Wow. do not explain what breath of fire is but this is the trauma healing expert that writes a book of kri with no so and then i see they are lost because lost. They, they need to make they need to make money so they need these books to get out they even say they are good books their their lead trainers are promoting this as a trauma informed book they're calling themselves trauma informed without disclosing the long history of systemic trauma that their technology has caused the children and adults that have been born and bred into this community. It is so, it's another level of predatory abuse that irks my cells when people yeah. say they stand for healing and then this is the distortion. Because this, let's just qualify it, this is quite literally a lot of the people in the for hope and healing group because this is kri and 3ho both ceos are in the for healing for change group so we're just trying to show that just like american politics you know there's the fascist right and then there's the you know other side of the left that are really about as bad they just show up differently and it's so it's so important that we learn how to critically think folks and it's yeah. why I'm a promoter of what this material is that else has, has, has collated together for us. Because as Kundalini yogis, as former servers of this technology, and in every one of you who's passive and has given up on this organization decades ago, this is a book that you can recommend for somebody to actually purchase and listen to that will point them to every source of knowledge that has been disclosed in the last 50 years of this community from the sources themselves mm. yeah but you know what this this so when kri brought out this book in november 2020 november 2020 oh even uh, the timing of that is yeah so but and then i say i honestly I, I even think they they didn't reflect on it i don't think so <laughs> so the same thing after you know the zoom call of nine hours with the children in june 2020 or, or when was it they send out a mail from the sssc the next day or a few days afterwards with a banner with yogi bhajan picture yeah so this is the thing that there there is no empathy in and, and, and I think it's the same with the book. 
or I, continuity? I they they don't they don't reflect. They are all there is fear. There is a lot of fear. Like oh, let's not use the word Kundalini on the front page. So because people might have heard about problems of Kundalini, let's not use a quote of Yogi Bhajan on the first page because that might frighten people. But then they don't, they are not, again, not consistent because they, they act out of, and we need to have books because we need money because we lose people. So our revenue is, mm -hmm. so I even don't think that it's purposeful that, they, that there is a, another plan there than fear to lose customers. And they could, they could avoid oil all this if they were open themselves. I'm convinced if you are, if from within they would say this and the Ash, no, uh, was it was it the Ashtanga Yoga? I don't remember. There is, I think it was in Ashtanga Yoga that from within the the organizations they they brought out the stories. They said, and this is what is one man in in the candidate was saying. We have to bring out the stories, anonymized if needed. Uh, for those who don't want it, their name, but we have to, we have, have to, to be it. open. That's right. We have to see it. And so maybe, yeah, they can, they are, uh, I invite them to put the book on their. Exactly. Invite them to put to the read website list on, for the level on the, one. For the level one teacher training. That is my level one. vision yeah. for this book is that it becomes a mandatory reading for the base training of Kundalini Yoga worldwide and for all yoga teacher yeah. trainings actually yeah and and just how you took all the stories from a span of decades and different people's experiences and you know a person's experience is just their lens of experience right um and that's what's so good about listening to stories is their lens of experience is theirs and your mm -hmm. lens of experience is yours and somebody else's lens of experience is their own but when you put those together different parts of the brain can light up that allows you to connect pieces that until those pieces are connected, you can't see how that was a purposeful disconnect. Yeah. How you've purposely dis been disconnected from parts of your own self and that that's what's part of built into this ethos of a community and teachings that we can't actually see until we have space from it. And I just think as all ranges of the people that listen to this podcast, I just think that this is a, a flagship book that's going to support so many of us to know how to pass this story along without just the feeling of dread. Like, should I send him Philip to Slip's article? Should I send him the view? Uh, or should I send him the, um, the last documentary that was put up that was a little sensationalized? Should I send him this? Should I send him this? You know, you don't know even know where to begin. Should I send him a podcast interview, but whose story? And it's just so much. So very easily our brain goes into shutdown because that's a protective mechanism. When it's too mm -hmm. much, we go into shutdown. And so what this material, I think, and the hard work of the last couple of years you've done else really is going to support a lot of people to make their own choice about how to move forward because you can't actually make that choice. We talk about that throughout the book and even in our collaboration about doing this, people need to decide for themselves. That's yeah. essentially the base fundamental yeah. of trauma healing is you got to do it in the way that works for you. On your but that's, not a, that's not an objective truth or it's not a subjective truth. 
-hmm. you know, truth is truth, meaning harm is harm, abuse is abuse. So you don't get to move on with your subjective truth if you haven't actually read and looked and listened to the harm. So that's what this book offers. It lets people actually start taking bites out of the very much in plain sight truth that has always been there. We just were trained not to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I know you have some slides that really go to uh, supporting visually what you were just talking about. All right. So this is the book that Else has put together for us in collaboration with the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, The Voices of Survivors. I want you all to know that um, those survivors that were included in the book were included in the conversation. They were not just added to the book. They were asked to be a part of it and then contributed what needed to make adjustments so that their voice felt um, seen and heard and felt appropriately. And anybody who asked not to be included just because they were on the podcast didn't mean that they got included. We wanted to make sure that this was um, full levels of consent by all parties that were included. And we all know that there's lots of stories that are not yet included and not yet told, which is why we keep holding space for everyone. So under the yoga mat, the dark history of Yogi Bhajan's Kundalini Yoga. And this is ready. So the link is in the show notes. You can get the ebook or you can get the actual version. These, this documentation has been coming out since 1969. It's been here all along. And we can't see those connected threads if we're not actually reading the material, paying attention, listening. And we know that's a hard feat when there's so much content. And so this is um, a really valiant effort to not just really acknowledge all of the truth tellers of the last number of decades, but also to put it all into one sourced file that allows you to take it in um, and come up to your own conclusions and really start turning this part of your own critical brain on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your work, uh, your efforts here are so important else. I really appreciate um, the diligence. Yeah, but without your, without your support and your input, it will not be there. So I think it's an effort and, and, and all the stories from the survivors and their very brave uh, agreement to, to have their stories out in the open, most of them even with their names named. It's, it's very brave. And, it's, it's, um, and what I try to do is to, to write it in a very digestible form. So the language I used is I try to use easy language not too much jargon of the yoga or try to explain every strange sounding word for non-Sikhs. So uh, normally it should read easily, uh, but the content is heavy, of course. Yeah, meaning it's made for somebody who's not in the Sikh Dharma Kundalini yoga lingo. So somebody who's in the outside world and you're wanting them to get a sneak peek into the horrible crazy chaotic under the yoga mat world this book will do that um and that's why i also think it'll be a tremendous tool in teacher trainings worldwide whether kundalini yoga based or not hopefully on on whole levels of of certification that that there ends up that this type of book is is a required reading and i'm really hoping that that's what this work impacts i want listeners to hear that this is not a for-profit endeavor else is not making money on this. This was never the intention here. Um, this is a non-for-profit. She's invested her own dollars to do this. She's doing it 
as well to translate it. Um, do you want to tell us about the languages you're translating it? Into? Well, we are waiting. We are waiting what the book does in English and then see. Then, then Spanish, of course, is one of the main first languages we would buy. But to. over time, the real mission is to make sure that we're getting it into the countries in, in different, in different. Yeah, yeah, and because the, the yeah, I surely I do not know how yet, but I really hope that uh, it takes uh, it. It is also read in Europe. Uh, uh, there are enough people in Europe who who know English, and also the, there is a, the cult research. I think it's an interesting source also for people who do cult research. Um, I agree. Anybody yeah. cult researching this is going to be tremendous, but I think it's really going to serve so many of us. Um, that are knotted inside, don't even know where to begin. I know when I try to tell the story to somebody, you know, it's it's like a fire hose of information. And I, I really rack my brain as to what should I send them first? Should I send them the latest article by Phyllis Slip? Should I send them this one, that one? Um, and something that really honors voices, current day, the past, both academic as well as personal, um, just all the ranges is just, I think it's such an important element that we haven't yet seen. And I really feel like it will help a lot, a lot of people. That's what so I spread the word folks. Um, the link is in the show notes. It is live. If you are hearing this podcast, you could purchase the book today. So get the ebook, spread the word and help us spread this to where it needs to go. Tell us about why you chose this song. Well, the moment you asked, the, the moment we agreed to have an uncomfortable conversation it was some weeks ago, and that was the time of the Eurovision Song Festival, unknown to you, of course. Um, but um, I had just the day before uh, seen the, the contribution that Belgium was going to send, and I was like blown away by it. So it's a, it's a gay guy, who uh, represented us and he was so authentic. And so he brings the, uh, the song of saying, uh, I will continue always, it, how hard it is, whatever they do to me, uh, however they try to uh, repress me or, or work against me, I will continue for you. I do it just for you. And I think when I heard this, I felt such a joy inside because I think so, over all these years that I've been working on the website and on the book, sometimes I think, what am I doing? Lonely, a Belgian old woman far away from the center of all these, uh, where it all happened. What are you doing? But then when I listen to your conversations and to the survivors who have the the courage to bring their stories, uh, then I think, yeah, I do it for you. Uh, and I think this, this, is, this is where you can continue doing difficult things if you know you do it for somebody, not for your own, not to protect your own position or to, to become rich or to whatever. That's, that's a different type of satisfaction. But if you can do something uh, that is difficult and that you feel a lot of resistance, but you know who you are doing it for, uh, that gives you joy. Mm, mm, That's so why. Well said. Thank mm. you. 
so well said. And yeah, so um, the very nice thing during the performance, uh, so there is a video, uh, is that there is this queer guy coming at a, to, to dance. This, I don't forget the name of the dance, but it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> it's very joyful. Thank you. Um, I'm struck before we move forward to listen to this song. I'm struck in remembrance of the early students that were sent to open up Europe. And I know some of these folks and some of the early generations of kids that were married and sent to Amsterdam or mm. sent to Germany who built up these legacies and these ashrams early so that many decades later, people like you would join. And the stories are reminding me that their silence is a part of what keeps this disconnect from, from um, ever coming full circle is historically that's always been used oh europe is so far from the epicenter of what's going yeah. on and that's been the narrative of people who set up shop in europe at, in the early uh, ashram days of whether it was holland or germany or italy or mm -hmm. whatever and the abuse stories they endured and then moved on and then new teachers that came up and then moved on and then new teachers that came up and this is how cults go on for generations and this is how systemic abuse happens yeah. um so just to hear what you're sharing in terms of the song it, it just kind of reminded me like this is this is for you this is for mm -hmm. you survivors we do this for you because even yeah. when you don't have the voice or have the courage or have the words we are here for you yeah. and there'll come a time when your voice is able to speak out for another generation and you have the right to be heard. But, yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, we all do. Let's listen to our song. Gustav. We got Gustav because of you. Going crazy, I'll carry on. And it's all because of you Because of you Remember when they told us You're not good enough And then you came into my life And you changed my world for good folks we don't listen to the whole song because of copyright but be sure to check out the show notes playlist for the uncomfortable conversations 3ho playlist on spotify uh, that was fantastic i can tell that's a great song to metabolize this conversation let's get our bodies moving and um what's any last words you have for listeners listen <laughs> that's always what i say folks hashtag listen Mm -hmm. yeah, and changes I, hope, us. I hope we, we have not been confusing this is a confusing story and it is complex so well, I hope people can get something out of it um, I think it'll be fantastic book. yeah I think it'll be fantastic people listen at whatever level they're ready for and mm -hmm. that's just okay mm -hmm. um, 
but I am absolutely excited that launch day has come for this yes. material. Um, yes. It has been over a year's worth of uh, collaboration back and forth to ensure that we've done this well and in a place that was um, uh, in, in collaborating with survivor voices and making sure that what is shared um, feels good um, because sometimes our story is so important and it's just not the right time for you to share. And that is just okay. And we honor wherever you're at. And so really this work is about supporting all of us to be able to disseminate this information. Because if we move on and pretend that it's done, another generation and many generations continue to be brought into the fold. And so this book is an attempt um, to help people really get the information that has always been there, but is so easily buried within the marketing machine of the yoga of awareness in the age of the Aquarian transition. Because we are at the time of our transition, and now is where all those teachings are fully amplified. So nothing like speaking the truth in the midst of darkness, and that's what Under the Yoga Mat is all about. The dark history of Yogi Bhajan's Kundalini Yoga get the book. Link is in the show notes and spread the word, support it on your platforms, promote it on your podcasts. Let us know any other suggestions on how we can get the word out to teacher trainings and yoga alliance certifications and all the levels, because this is important beyond Kundalini yoga. It's important on all levels of spiritual communities that use course of control um, to get you to keep buying stuff. And thank you, Else. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for spending your time. Thank you for our partnership. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And I look forward to the day that we meet in life. Yes, <laughs> in Africa, we said. To. In Kenya, we said. Yes. In Kenya or wherever mm. we end up. All right, folks. www.undertheyogamat.com. Check it out. Also, the abuse in kundaliniyoga.com is the other website. And this concludes another episode of the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, the untold stories of the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community. If you'd like to contribute to this podcast, you can make a one-time or monthly donation at gurunishan.com. And be sure to email me if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, gn at gurunishan.com. Uh, I think that's it, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon.